Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Glad you're with us as we are thinking through God's word together. Some of us have coffee, apparently bulletproof coffee, and some of us are skipping the coffee. Well, good morning to you all anyway. Glad that you are here. Uh, Curtis, you say good afternoon. I thought uh, that you were in one of the Carolinas. It's not night afternoon there yet, yet, is it? Joshua Walker says, good morning. I'm a pastor that has been doing much study on NCT and been really enjoying your podcast. Well, thank you very much. Glad to hear that. I hope you keep diving into NCT. You're going to find uh, some wonderful resources there and a Christ-honoring way of looking at the Word. Lon says, sitting in my car waiting for Kim's cataract appointment. Glorious morning. Good afternoon, Rob. And the other Cross the pond, as we say, right? Glad you're with us. We are studying the book of Hebrews, and we are in chapter 8. And actually, Joshua, this is a great time for you to be with us because chapter 8 and so on. Uh, hey, Ron, welcome back. Uh, really gets at the heart of New Covenant theology as we talk about the New Covenant. That's what we're going to do. We are in, uh, oh, I did want to mention something else to you. Uh, a week from today at the New Covenant School of Theology, uh, we are starting our fourth and final course of this semester. It's Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon. So it's four weeks, Monday and Tuesday nights, 5.30 to 8.30 Mountain Time. We record uh, all of the uh, classes, so if you have to miss one for whatever reason, you can always catch up that way. Uh, Sign-ups will be available later this week. I'll let you know when that happens. But if you go to newcovenantschooloftheology.org, there's a link in the show notes here. Uh, later in the week, you'll see a sign up where you can get that. If you want to audit it, it's only $50. You click on, um, well, anyway, I'll tell you more about it down the road because we're, the sign up's not up yet. But I want to let you know, Ephesians, Colossians, and Philemon coming up uh, next week. All right, so Hebrews chapter 8. This is where we left off. Verse 6 says, speaking of Jesus, he, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry by as much as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which has been enacted on better promises. Now, if you've been with us through this series of, uh, of Hebrews, you know we've seen this concept of better again and again and again. In fact, that is the whole theme, isn't it? Jesus is better. Well, better than what? Better than everything in the Old Covenant. Because these folks were uh, tempted to, uh, ab to abandon the gospel and the new covenant and the sufficiency of Christ and go back to the Old Covenant rituals, the ceremonies, and so on. And so this writer is, is warning them. We have some very strong warning passages throughout, but also reasoning with them and explaining and reminding them that Jesus is superior to everything in the Old Covenant. Here he says he has a better ministry or a more excellent ministry. We'll come back and look at that a little bit more tomorrow. He's the mediator of a better covenant, better than the Old Covenant. And this covenant is based on better promises. And then he says, if the first covenant had been faultless, there'd be no occasion for a second. And, and then he quotes at length from Jeremiah 31. And again, we'll come back to this tomorrow. But here's what I want to do today. I want to look at this quote from Jeremiah 31 in its context. Hey, Juan, glad you could join us as well. Do you know approximately when Jeremiah prophesied? 
Are you aware? Do you, do you know your Old Testament history enough to know uh, around the time, generally speaking, when Jeremiah was sent uh, to Judah and Jerusalem to prophesy? Anybody know? I'll give you a moment to, to answer. I'm sure somebody's got it here. You're a smart bunch. Uh, yeah, CM says 586 BC. I believe that's what you wrote there. Exactly. So six centuries before Christ. Okay, so he writes his, his prophecy, his prophetic word, six centuries before Christ. And this is part of the quote here. Behold, days are coming, says the Lord, when I will effect a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay, so God said this 600 years prior to this new, better covenant that uh, Jesus was the mediator of. 600 years, okay? Now, at the end of this section here in Hebrews 8, the writer says, when he said, that is when God said a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. Now, here's where I think we often misread Hebrews. I misread this for a long time. When did the old covenant become obsolete? If you want to answer that, I'd be curious to see what you think. While I'm waiting, let me, uh, let me just remind you of what obsolete means. Do any of you have a cassette player? <laughs> I'm sure that some of you do. Uh, my kids have actually played cassettes a few times. <laughs> but a, a cassette right? The, the old recording tapes that we used to play in my, when I was a kid and the first Walkmans that I had were, uh, were cassette players, right? Well, cassettes became obsolete when the CD came along. It didn't mean all of the cassettes immediately went away. They lasted for, your, for years, but they were obsolete. Again, not meaning they were done, but their days were numbered. That's what obsolete means. It's, it, it, it's on the way out. Well, CDs have been obsolete for quite a few years once the MP3 and streaming services came out. Very few people listen to CDs anymore. I know a few of you do, at least I know one of you does. <laughs> but most people get their music now through streaming services, whether it's Spotify or... Um, uh, 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 Apple Music, something like that. So our ministry, Cross the Crown Ministries, we produced a CD uh, about 10 years ago. See what I just said? We produced a CD. We produced a five-song EP. And you can get it on uh, Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you listen to music. It's, uh, it's called the Cross to Crown. It's called You Are Exalted. That's the title of it. If you look up Cross to Crown Music or um, You Are Exalted, you'll find it. I've got stacks and stacks of CDs because we printed a bunch of them right about the time the CD was becoming obsolete. <laughs> it, was a, it was a poor decision. In fact, those of you who took advantage of the, um, uh, the sale we had last month, uh, some of you, we included a free CD in there, right? You, you received that. Well, it's because we have all these CDs we, <laughs> we need to get rid of. So CDs are obsolete. They're not gone. I still have some. Some of you still have CD players, but they're on their way out. As soon as streaming came into vogue, the CD was obsolete. You see the difference? Obsolete does not mean it's over, it's done, it's ended. It means it's on its way 
to being ended. Okay, so I see some of your answers to my question. When did the old covenant become obsolete? I see 586. I see the crucifixion when Jesus said it's finished. Uh, I see when the turtin, turtin was corn, when the curtain was torn. <laughs> Rob got it. He said at the time of the prophecy. Let me show you again. When God said a new covenant, he made the first covenant obsolete. Well, when did God say a new covenant? 600 years before Christ. Now let that sink in for a moment. For six centuries, the covenant God made with Israel and Judah was obsolete. Look what he says here. But whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. So the old covenant had gone the way of the cassette and the CD 600 years before Christ and was winding down. It wasn't dead yet, but it was an old man getting grayer by the moment, stooped over, limping along, ready to take its last breath for 600 years. And then Jesus shows up and finally brings an end to the old covenant and institutes the new covenant. But do you see that? Obsolete for six centuries. As soon as God through Jeremiah said, I'm going to make a new covenant, the old one was ready to disappear. So I want to go back and catch the, 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 the context for this statement in Jeremiah 31. And I want to go back to actually Jeremiah 30 because this is the way we need to do this. I've modeled this for you again and again and again. Uh, we need to, whenever the New Testament quotes the Old Testament, go back and see the original context. So I want, I want to do that this morning. And if you are listening to this via podcast and uh, working out or driving, I will uh, try to go slowly enough that you can, uh, can listen along well. So Jeremiah 30 is where this oracle begins. This is another thing that we need to learn as we study the Old Testament, especially the prophecies. We tend to you know, look at a verse or two, the ones that are quoted in the New Testament, and we maybe we look around at the surrounding paragraph and think we have a sense of the context. But really, you need to go back to the beginning of the oracle. Because in the prophets here, we have long oracles, chapters long. And they're all basically in the, in the same context. There's, there's one predominant message in each of these oracles. This oracle, which includes... The prophecy of the new covenant goes all the way back to Jeremiah 30. So here's what it says. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Write all the words which I have spoken to you in a book or in a scroll. Okay, so here's the word, Jeremiah. Write it down. For behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and Judah. The Lord says, I will also bring them back to the land that I gave to their forefathers, and they shall possess it. So if this occurs after the fall of Jerusalem in 586, then he's predicting a future return. If it happens before 586, 
He's letting them know the fall of Jerusalem is coming, but I am going to bring them back eventually. Uh, Curtis says, what about Galatians? God sent his son. Uh, the fullness of time, born under the law, so winding down, but completely obsolete at the cross. The law was winding. So again, I think that's a misunderstanding of the term obsolete. Now, I wasn't asking the question, when did the old covenant come to an end? There's debate about that. Some would say the cross, it is finished. I think someone mentioned, some would say 70 AD. I sort of lean toward a, a cross to 70 AD being um, an extended period uh, at the end of that sentence, if you will, a transitional period where there, there are two sides of the same coin. But the word obsolete means not that it has come to an end, but it's growing old and ready to come to an end. So I think, Curtis, you're answering a different question that I was asking. Does that make sense? As soon as God said, I'm going to make a new covenant, it was obsolete, which doesn't mean it's ended, just like CDs have not ended, but they're going to be replaced and eventually they'll end. And 600 years later, the old covenant ended. All right. Um, let me know if that makes sense to you. Back to Jeremiah. For, so now here's the oracle. These are the words which the Lord spoke concerning Israel, concerning Judah. For thus says the Lord, I've heard a sound of terror, of dread, and there is no peace. So God says, I'm listening and I hear this terrifying, dreadful sound. Ask now and see if a male can give birth. <sighs> I cannot pass by that without just, do you see the absurdity of where we are today? This nonsense of people claiming men can get pregnant? Well, obviously that is not true. And God is using the fact that men cannot get pregnant and give birth as an illustration to make his point. Ask now and see, can a, man, can a male give birth? No. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in childbirth? If men can't give birth, then why are they look, why are these males looking like they're getting ready to deliver a child? Why have all faces turned pale? Well, great pain is coming upon them. Alas, for that day is great. There's none like it. And this is the time of Jacob's distress. Do you know where this language reoccurs in the New Testament? Luke 21. Luke 21, Jesus predicts the fulfillment of this prophecy, which is 70 AD. But he will be saved from it. It shall come about in that day, or on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off their neck and will tear off their bonds and strangers will no longer make them their slaves. So dreadful days are coming, but then they're going to be released from their enslavement. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. 
obviously we in the new covenant now understand who this David King is. This is Jesus. So this is predicting the time of Christ. So they're going to be enslaved. They're going to experience this great terror and dread. But then David the king is going to come and they're going to be released from slavery. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord. And do not be dismayed, O Israel. For behold, I will save you from afar and your offspring from the land of their captivity. And Jacob will return and will be quiet and at ease and no one will make him afraid. For I am with you declares the Lord, to save you. For I will destroy completely all the nations where I've scattered you. Only I will not destroy you completely, but I will chasten you justly and will by no means leave you unpunished. See what God's saying here? I'm going to punish you, but then I'm going to turn and punish those nations who have scattered you. For thus says the Lord, your wound is incurable and your injury is serious. There's no one to plead your cause, no healing for your sore, no recovery for you. All your lovers have forgotten you. They did not seek you. For I have wounded you with the wound of an enemy, with the punishment of a cruel one, because your iniquity is great and your sins are numerous. God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to punish you, Judah. Why do you cry out over your injury? Your pain is incurable. Because your iniquity is great, your sins are numerous, I've done these things to you. Therefore, all who devour you will be devoured. So again, we see the theme. And if you were with us in the Isaiah study last summer, we saw this again and again in Isaiah. God uses a nation to punish Israel, and then he punishes that nation. All your adversaries, every one of them will go into captivity, and those who plunder you will be for plunder, and all who prey upon you I will give for prey. For I will restore you to health. I will heal you of your wounds, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast, saying, It is Zion, no one cares for her. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will restore the fortunes of the tents of Jacob and have compassion on his dwelling places, and the city will be rebuilt on its ruin, and the palace will stand on its rightful place. So I'm going to destroy the city, but I'll rebuild it. From, from them will proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who celebrate, and I will multiply them and they will not be diminished. I will also honor them and they will not be insignificant. Their children also will be as formerly. And their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all their oppressors. Their leader shall be one of them, and their ruler shall come forth from their midst, and I will bring him near, and he shall approach me. For who would dare to risk his life to approach me, declares the Lord. We've talked about this, right? The temple, no one goes in the Holy of Holies for fear of being struck down, except the high priest once a day on the Day of Atonement, but nobody else comes near. But this ruler who's coming... He will approach God. You shall be my people and I will be your God. Behold the tempest of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a sweeping tempest. It will burst on the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and until he has accomplished the intent of his heart. In the latter days or in the last days, you will understand this. I, I, have to, I have to take you to uh, Hebrews 1 again. God spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways in these last days has spoken to us in his son. Jeremiah 30, 
in the last or latter days, you will understand this. Do you see all the fulfillment language here of Jesus? At that time declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they shall be my people. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when it went to find its rest. The Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Again, I will build you and you will be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. Again, you will take up your tambourines and go forth to the dances of the merrymakers. Again, you will plant vineyards on the hills of Samaria. The planters will plant and will enjoy them. For there will be a day when watchmen on the hills of Ephraim call out, Arise, let us go to Zion, to the Lord our God. For thus says the Lord, Sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations, proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I'm bringing them from the north country, and I will gather them from the remote parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, the woman with child and she who is in labor with child together, a great company, they will return here. With weeping they will come, and by supplication I will lead them. I will make them walk by streams of waters on a straight path in which they will not stumble, for I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare in the coastlands far off and say, He who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd keeps his flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and redeemed him from the, one, from the hand of him who was stronger than he. They will come and, f- and shout for joy in the height of Zion. They will be radiant over the bounty of the Lord, over the grain, the new wine, the oil, and over the young of the flock and the herd, and their life will be like a watered garden. They will never languish again. Then the virgin will rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old together, for I will turn their mourning into joy and will comfort them and give them joy for their sorrow. I will fill the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord, a voice is heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel is weeping for her children. She refuses to be comforted for her children because they are no more. We know the fulfillment of that, don't we? The New Testament gospel writers quote this at the slaughter of the children at the time of Jesus' birth. Thus says the Lord, restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work work will be rewarded, declares the Lord, and they will return from the land of the enemy. There is hope for your future, declares the Lord, and your children will return to their own territory. I have surely heard Ephraim grieving, and this is what Ephraim says, you have chastised me and I was chastised like an untrained calf. Bring me back that I may be restored for you are the Lord my God. For after I turned back, I repented, and after I was instructed, I smote on my thigh. I was ashamed and also humiliated because I bore the reproach of my youth. And now the Lord again. Is Ephraim my dear son? Is he a delightful child? Indeed, as often as I have spoken against him, I certainly will still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I surely will have mercy on him, declares the Lord. Set up for yourself road marks. Place for yourself guideposts. 
Direct your mind to the highway, the way by which you went. Return, O virgin of Israel, return to these your cities. How long will you go here and there, O faithless daughter? For the Lord has created a new thing in the earth. A man will encompass, I'm sorry, a woman will encompass a man. What does that mean? Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, once again they will speak this word in the land of Judah and in the city, in its cities when I restore their fortunes. Here's what they'll say. The Lord bless you, O abode of righteousness, O holy hill. Judah and all its cities will dwell together in it, the farmer and they who go out with flocks. For I satisfy the weary ones and refresh everyone who languishes. At this I awoke and looked and my sleep was pleasant to me. This is Jeremiah now speaking, right? Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will sow the house of Israel and the house of Judah with the seed of man and with the seed of beast. As I have watched over them to pluck up, to break down, to overthrow, to destroy, and to bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. Restoration, prosperity, blessing. In those days they will not say again, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge, but everyone will die for his own iniquity. Each man who eats sour grapes, his teeth will be set on edge. See the difference? In the old covenant, the children up to the third to generations will be punished. God says in those days, no, no, no. The father who sins will be punished, but the son will not be punished for his father's sins. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. Thus says the Lord, Who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar? The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order fixed order of sun and moon and stars and waves. If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel will also cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out below, then I also will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all they have done, declares the Lord. In other words, if you can ever actually measure the heavens, that's when I will stop with the nation of Israel. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when the city will be rebuilt for, for the Lord from the tower of Hananel to the corner gate. The measuring line will go out farther, straight ahead to the hill Garib, then it will turn to Goa, and the whole valley of the dead bodies and of the ashes and all the fields as far as the book Kidron to the corner of the horse gate toward the east shall be holy to the Lord. It shall not be plucked up or overthrown forever. All of that is this oracle and the context for the writer of Hebrews to quote and say, the new covenant is better, it has a better mediator. And all this promise of restoration and blessing and prosperity and, and the eternal relationship with God, it's all bound up in this new covenant that God would make. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, you have become part of this new covenant 
don't look back. Don't turn back to Moses and that covenant. Oh, it's great stuff. Great stuff. Well, our time is up. We'll come back and look more specifically at, at uh, Hebrews 8 then tomorrow. And in the meantime, give it some thought and uh, maybe review further uh, the uh, Jeremiah passage there. And uh, we will take a look at the, the details of the new covenant tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless. See you then.